Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. SideQuest. Larry and Brian thought they'd planned the perfect bachelor party. They took care of the booze. They took care of the boss. Yes! They took care of the girls. Women, 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 women! They took care of the entertainment. We're here to party! They even took care of the night watchman. The only thing they didn't take care of was him. You boys wouldn't be planning anything illegal. Now they've got an uninvited guest. They're just having some fun, fun, fun. Until someone loses an eye. He's a cop. He shoots at people for a living. Chances are he's a little bit strange. <laughs> Psycho Cop 2. You know, I'm beginning to suspect foreplay. You're drunk and disorderly. Well, hello there, officer. You're under arrest. You have the right to remain dead. There's something really wrong. Anything you say can and will be considered extremely strange because you're dead. You have the right to an attorney. Why aren't they dressed? They're dressed. They're just dressed scantily. So maybe I should just let you go with a warning. Whatever you do, here's Joey. <laughs> Don't call 911. Just run. I hate to kick a man when he's dead. They just don't put up much of a fight. Psycho Cop 2. These cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum. But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating. SideQuest. Doing some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. I'm sick for fuck's sake. You've seen one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! SideQuest. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Okay. Show me. SideQuest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. SideQuest. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 22 of SideQuest Podcast. I am one half of your hosting duo here of David Garrett Jr. from Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast. And I'm joined as always by... It's your main man, Jake, from Dark Mariachi Studios, and I'm here representing Guitar Case Fuller Reviews Podcast. Perfect. And so I guess before we jump into everything, um, just to kind of check in with each other, um, how's everything been going on your end? Uh, it's been going pretty good, man. Uh, same old, same old on my end. Uh, just working on videos and working regular jobs, family stuff. Uh, same old. Uh, I'm trying to see what we were what I was teasing. I did get my uh, Halloween short finished, so yes, you did. that's available on YouTube, Dr. Mariachi Studios. Uh, I'm working on another one before the end of the year, probably two I'm working on. Okay. And uh, so we'll see how that goes. So just just stay uh, focused on that channel. We'll have a few more things coming. Perfect. But uh, besides that, bro, just working, man. I've been working a lot of hours. Uh, Christmas coming pretty soon, so yeah. I was trying to get ready for that. And uh all that kind of stuff, man, but not, nothing else too special. What about you, man? What's going on up north? Yeah, mine's a little bit more busy right now just because we have been 
I mean, we paid to have a house built, so that is actually going to be ready right before the end of the year. So we've been prepping our current condo to sell and everything, but that actually sold less than 24 hours after putting out of the market. So now we just really need to kind of, you know, cross all the T's and dot all the I's on the paperwork and everything. And everything should pretty be smooth sailing here to go through the holidays, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, right around the corner and then through Christmas and everything. So we're uh, pretty excited about that over here. I know, man. You told me kind of a little bit offline, a little bit more details about it, but it seemed like everything worked out like perfectly, bro. I think you guys might want to buy a lottery ticket. Just... Yeah, I mean, that's... It's funny because I got really stressed about it because like Friday is when ours went up on the market. I had to go into the office that day just because we had showings all day long and I was very stressed out being like, man, next week is Thanksgiving. I get to work from home all week and then we got this sweet offer and I was like, man, like this literally just made my day. You're like, I got to sign. Let's sign this now. Let's get it done. <laughs> lock it in. Lock it in. <laughs> lock it in. Yeah, we can do it now. <laughs> but yeah, man, like, like yeah, because anybody listening that's had uh, to deal with, you know, trying to get a house or sell your house, yeah. you know, there's sometimes, you know, a month might pass before you get right. everything settled. So it's like, you got everything set up, man. So like, you know, congratulations on that, bro. Especially right. with the baby, right. having her brand new space to live in as well. That's going to be incredible, man. Well, also we run into the problem that is during the summer is when everything kind of moves very fast. So we were like, man, you know, especially close to the holidays, we're like, I hope this sells and everything. So we definitely lucked out that it went very smooth. And I know you uh, offline, you were telling me, man, that originally it was going to be later in the year, next yeah, year. But yeah, it was supposed moved to be like springtime of 2024, and then they moved us into the winter. So it, it uh they, they must have hit a good stride and got everything done pretty quick. So we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty stoked. That we'll, I'll actually have my my new recording studio slash office will actually be upstairs where I have a window instead of being in the basement. So definitely upgrade for me. Nice, man. I got a window in mine, but it's kind of, I got a poster over it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got the, it's got like an AC tube that goes out of it and then oh, it's yeah, like closed yeah. up. So it's like. I got a window, but I don't get anything out of it. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. I'm going to end up putting blackout curtains that when I'm working <laughs> from home, I will have that window open so I can get some sunlight. But most mm. often I'm going to be watching movies or recording, so that will probably be blacked out anyway. So it will be You'll have darker. something. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you'll have something to close it up when you need to. <laughs> but, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm happy for you guys, man. Yeah, and also, it. man, we got we to gotta get everybody checked in on, on little mama here, our little baby girl. Yeah, she's um she stands up with the aid of other things, and she has been crawling for a while now. Like we're we're thinking that she's gonna be walking by herself because she'll use like walking around like our uh, like coffee table as long as she's holding on to it. So wouldn't be shocked if right around the time that we're moving that she actually starts to take her you know actual first steps and everything like that. But nothing official yet. Yeah, that's nice, man. I know you're getting to that time where, you know, she's growing up a little bit now. So yeah. she probably, not, it's, it's going to be weird because she's not even going to remember that house. She's probably just going to remember the new that's house. That's what we've now. talked about most of the time is like, she's probably not going to remember that she spent her first like year and a couple months in this house. And then she'll only remember the new spot. She's like, I only remember living there. Like, yeah, no, we used to have another house when you were born. <laughs> See, this is, this is a horror movie podcast, but we do love kids and we're all nice people yeah, <laughs> for just, sure we just enjoy horror <laughs> that's true so yes but yeah but i'm glad everything's working out nice with you guys man. and ma- everybody please make sure you check out my guy and his wife had had a couple episodes that came out recently i remember so 
make sure you guys are tapping into that show, Journey with a Cinephile, because that was a bonus episode, but they covered some horror movies there, so, you know, remake, a remake and an original, which I think is a cool concept to go through, so. Yeah, it's kind of fun for her just because she has not seen a lot of the classics, so it's a way for me to show those. And some of the remakes she has seen just in passing as she was, you know, going through high school or college or whatnot. So it allows me at least to be like, wait, you should watch this original one even though you're probably not going to like it. But I'm <laughs> at least going to try. That's a that's such a weird thing to me. Okay, I was, uh, side before we get into the movie today, I was at a side note. I was in a meeting because uh, I'm becoming a trainer at my job. Okay. So it's like uh, the lady was talking to me and we're watching a video and the guy, it glitches out. And I said, oh man, I said, that's just like Lawnmower Man, how, how he makes those <laughs> people's faces glitch. Yeah. And she looks at me and she's like, is that an old movie? And with it, like a weird face? And I'm like, yeah, it's from like the early 90s. And she's, yeah. like, oh, I, she's like, I hate old movies. They just look so cheap. And I'm like, but that's the beauty of it. <laughs> that it's all handmade, like somebody had to create how they did that. Well, that movie, not specifically, because that's the Don of Man has some rough CGI. Yeah, I remember watching Don, that. <laughs> that's the dawning of bad CGI in movies where we thought it was okay for some reason. I guess because games look like that, we thought it was yeah. okay, but it's not okay. And that's that's there's some there's some great moments in that movie, but the CGI stuff is not where it's at. I actually forgot. But, somebody else I was talking to brought that movie up. I actually forgot that that starred Jeff Fahey because he's actually oh, yeah. a solid actor. He's that's his sex symbol. Uh, what is that called? The movies they made in the nineties, the sex thrillers. What are those called? Yeah, yeah, I know erotic, what you're talking about. erotic thrillers. He's yeah. the erotic thriller guy for a minute there. He's got a five or six erotic thrillers where he's like the because in in that movie he's got a six pack and he's in shape. Okay. And Lamar, like at first it make him look dopey, but then like after the treatments, yep. Then yep. they show him with his shirt off, and he's got a six pack, and he's kind of cut, and he, you know, he's looking, and the women are checking him out and all that, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah he, Jeff Fahey was a man. Pierce Brosnan with his hairy chest, he's in there. Yeah, man. yeah. Right with a, his name is James. <laughs> his Bond. name is Angelo. I'm like, who with this British <laughs> accent? Who is this? Where is this guy supposed to be from? He's got That's, a weird name. It's somebody Angelo, and it sounds like Italian or something, but he's got this British accent. It's weird. That is, that's, that, <laughs> some of the minor issues with it, but yeah, that definitely falls into, like, we didn't think this one through, guys. Bro, and I've never seen the director's cut of that movie. It's a completely different movie. I actually, that's what somebody was talking about in a group chat that I'm in, is that, the director's cut is so much different from... Cause I've only ever seen the theatrical cut when it came out it's to like about, the movie channels. I feel like it's about 20 to 25 extra minutes of footage. And it's like there's characters that disappear in the other the theatrical version that are okay. there for the whole movie, which makes it make less sense. Oh, yeah. Like, like right, you know the right. wife? The wife is there for the whole movie? Did you know that? I thought she died. I have for, not I thought she did, seen was that screen. movie since college when I was seeking yeah. out all of the like Stephen King adaptations. I remember not liking it, but I do not remember a whole lot outside of the oh, bad man. CGI and Pierce Brosnan. If you watch it, bro, like if you kind of remember it and then you watch the, uh, the new version, you'll be like, I don't remember this scene. I don't remember yeah. this scene. It was like so <laughs> many scenes I didn't remember happening. I might so, actually yeah, sit down and try to watch both like close to each other just so that way yeah. I can get refreshed on the original and then see how different they are. It's weird how they use certain storylines without the full context. It was weird because I watched the original one 
like recently, and then I yeah. saw the director's cut available, and I was like, wait a minute. I've never seen this one. Why is it so much longer? Let me check it out. Right. And I was like, why is it such... It makes... I don't know. It's weird, bro. Okay. But yeah, that was... It's like the jump from this movie, Psycho Cop 1 to 2. It's like... It adds a lot more to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, let's let's talk about this movie. <laughs> Psycho yeah. Cop Since two. you uh, brought it up, I will go ahead and say... I'll throw up now that there's going to be spoilers in what we're going to talk about, but we are going to be covering Psycho Cop Returns. This is from 1993. This was directed by Adam Rifkin, which I the name sounds familiar. I know we talked about him a little bit on Psycho Cop just because we were talking about the sequel a little bit. I don't oh, he's remember. Familiar. Oh, he's yeah, familiar. I, I, like looking through his stuff, stuff, nothing really stood out to me, so I don't know why I know the name. But this is I got, I got something for you. Okay. Um, you don't remember The Chase with Charlie Sheen? That movie, I Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson. Okay. I remember that movie. That was a big movie in the 90s. Okay. He did a Mouse Hunt, which was like a comedic kind of big movie when I was a kid. That's how Small I know him, Soldiers. I think. Small that, Soldiers. Small Soldiers. Those are the that? two movies I know him then. I love both of those. I, I love Small I think Soldiers he, growing what up. What did he do? He wrote it? He wrote Small okay. Soldiers. Okay. That's probably and how he, I know him. Oh, Detroit, Detroit Rock City. Yes. That's it. That's, That's the other the one. Yep. I'm known for. I, 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 That's it. It's weird. I've not seen that movie in probably like 15 years, but when it first came out, I watched that movie like a lot. Like, I think it was on the I got movie it on, channels. I got it on tape. I got it on VHS, I think, when they, or DVD or VHS. I don't it, remember what year it was. It's a solid movie. Probably VHS. It was in the 90s, so it was probably VHS. Too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That 100% yeah. came out on VHS. Yeah, so he's he's got a. Ooh. He was the writer of that weird Adam Sandler going overboard, like one of his first movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I've, I've never, never seen, seen it. That, yeah, me but neither. I've always wanted to see it because it but, seemed interesting. See, Billy Zane's in it and Billy Bob Thornton for some reason. I did not know they were in it. That actually wow. intrigues okay. me more. <laughs> yeah. Like, sometimes when you see the cast, you're like, oh, wow. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, nice. But okay, um, uh, sorry, well, I, I know I kind of cut you off. No, you're fine. No, I'm, I'm actually glad because that makes more sense how I remember that name now. Um, but mm -hmm. this was written between Wallace Potts and Dan Povenmeer. And then this actually brings back Robert R. Schaefer as our titular psycho cop. And then we also have Barbara Niven and Rod uh, Schweitzer is in this one. And I also wanted to bring up that we have Penthouse... Uh, of the month, I believe, or maybe of the year at one point, was Julie Strain. And I believe she did some of those weird Andy Sedaris, like, um, kind of nudie-type uh, spy films back in, like, the day when hmm. she got popular. Oh, wait a minute. That, I know that guy you're talking about. He made some... Is that the one where Pat Morita's in one Yeah, of I was going to say Mr. Miyagi he was... he a sex scene? <laughs> yeah, where he was a villain. Yes, I've seen those movies. The Savage Beach or something. Yep. I don't know if she's in the first one, but I know she was definitely in those type of movies. Where oh, those movies are awful, but they're crazy. I actually they're heard a podcast go watch. through all of them, like all of the um, Andy Sedaris films, and clearly what they're talking about, they acknowledge it's not good, but no, they had a blast just, going through them. It's just... Guns and boobs and yeah, all and that like, stuff. like spy stuff and just outrageousness. It's ridiculous, and it's the, the writing is bad, the acting is bad. <laughs> it also cute, looks like she might like have worked everything. with um, 
Jim Wynorski, because I know he delved into those type of movies where they were like definitely um, heavy on the nudity. Wow. She was, she's six feet tall. Wow. Yeah. I think it's also why she did like those um, spy oh. films just because she was tall. Oh my God. She's married or is she married to him? The guy that made Ninja Turtles? Oh, is she really? Wow. Yeah. That's her spouse. They got divorced in 2006, but they were married. Oh yeah. They were married the for 12 years. Wow. I didn't know that. Wow. Nice. Ninja Turtle guy. <laughs> yeah, and, heavy oh, that, metal, and heavy metal animated guy, I guess. I mean, he was part of that. Yeah, cause, I mean, I, I've never actually seen that, but I know it's definitely heavy with the like comic book vibe. So that fits. That Are you talking about Ninja Turtles? No, I the Ninja Turtle stuff I've seen. All, oh, like, I thought you've no, never seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, like, I've never oh, seen heavy see? metal. I've never seen that oh. like that movie. Oh, okay, the original. No, the the Ninja Turtles, like the live action ones. Have you seen I grew any of them? Have you seen any of them, or you never seen just the original? Which one? Because there's Heavy Metal and then there's Heavy Metal Two Thousand. Oh, I've never seen either of those. They're both on my list just because I've always heard like good things about just kind of the animation and just how wild those are. Yeah, I remember. I remember liking them, but yeah, they're pretty wild, bro. Like. The, it's like the styles of animation vary, and some of them are real right. trippy, some of them are kind of cool. So, yeah, but it's if you're a fan of like just kind of trippy, cool, dark animation, like old school animation, I think it's worth it. Well, because like I grew up with my dad having a VHS of a movie called Fire and Ice. So, like, mm-hmm. everybody kind of always compares that movie to like heavy metal, and I loved mm-hmm. Fire and Ice growing up. So, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where, like, since we didn't have it on VHS, I never watched it. So it'll be one of those things like eventually I'll just be like, you know what? Today is heavy metal. See, I used to get the comics when I was a kid. So that's how far back I go. I used to get the heavy metal comics because they would always, because I, I like to draw when I was a kid a lot. And they yeah. always had like these badass chicks with like these like robotic yeah. sci-fi armor and guns and stuff. Right. So I'd always get them so I could draw like the pictures in the comic because they were, okay. I would try to draw characters like that. So yeah, yeah I was, I was into it, bro. So yeah, that's a pretty dope series to me. But yeah, I'm glad to see that these people are part of something. Yeah. Because I don't recognize no. most of these actors ever from doing anything. Well, it's actually kind of funny. I'll get into it later. Is that I was looking up um, the guy who plays Brian, who's the nerd. He actually has had a pretty decent career where I think he's like got like 35 credits or something like that, which I assume looking at most of these people, they were going to have like this movie as their only credit or like, yeah, like one or two. 10 or less credits. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, that's weird. Yeah, I didn't. I I was trying because the one guy I can't remember his name. Uh, the is it maybe it's Lawrence? Maybe is Lawrence the guy is that talks the, a lot? Yeah, he's a loudmouth. Yeah, I feel like I've seen him in other stuff, but I didn't recognize any of his credits. He had a face that looks like somebody else's. Or something. Yeah, he he has that '90s look where he yeah. seemed like he might have been like an actor that worked a lot. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. with you. I, I'm actually glad he just had that. Right he had, he came off like that kind of like in in every movie there was a character like that. He just came yeah. off like exactly like that kind of character. Agreed. So maybe that's why he kind of felt like any character that could play that role. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he actually hasn't done yeah. a whole lot, so I'm actually kind of surprised. Yeah, so I was like maybe he's got a a doppelganger that looks kind of like him, and like you know how some Hollywood people have a doppelganger. That, like, yeah. oh, that, that person took all their roles because they look kind of like them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But okay, let's let's go ahead and jump into this one. Okay. 
So for this one here, we actually start in a like coffee donut shop where we have two guys who are chatting and we kind of already brought up these people, but we have Larry who is Spitzer plays that guy and he's the loudmouth where he is talking to Brian who is portrayed by Miles uh, Duggle it looks like. So what they're actually doing here is they are planning a bachelor party that they're going to throw in their office building after everybody kind of leaves. And Larry is supposed to be getting the strippers, which he confirms. And then there's another guy who I believe is Mike, who is going to be providing the booze, where Brian is supposed to be providing the weed, but they don't actually realize that behind Larry is our psycho cop of Officer Joe Vickers who is enjoying a donut and some coffee. So when they bring up that there is, you know, supposed to be buying weed, this draws his attention. But making it even worse is that Brian starts freaking out because he's afraid the cop overheard them, which if you're trying to be inconspicuous, this is the worst way to go about it. Yeah, their personalities are so different. Like this Agreed. <laughs> like the Larry Lawrence guy, whatever, he's like so like just carefree. He's like why are you saying all this in a public place where people are all... Why, why would you be having this conversation there? I mean, it and would make other, more sense if, like, weed was legal back then. Yeah, like that. And I mean, and, like, the other guy, like, he's kind of overdoing it with the... His, something with his mouth he keeps doing, Dude, like, this he, weird... In my notes, and, like, oh, my, I was like, oh my he God, overacts so bad that it got on my nerves. Like, it literally took me out of it so many times because... Anytime he would get panicked, like you said, he would just open his mouth and just make these weird, like, I don't even know, smile, like, like strange yeah, smiles. Yeah, it's a weird facial thing he does. I don't know. It's weird. And I'm like, why are you doing that stuff? Like, like, do you have a reason you're doing that or you have some kind of disability? Which shocked me that like, he has what? as many credits as he does because I'm like, how did you keep working after this movie? Maybe he stopped doing that. And that's I hope so. I hope so. Like, I would watch something else with him if he didn't do that facial expression. But I think this opening interaction is kind of cool because the cop walks up and is like, you guys aren't planning to do anything illegal, are you? Yeah, And the guy's like, oh, 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 don't, sir. And the other guy's like, of course not, officer, you know. Yeah, plenty cool. guys doing whatever, you know. Yeah. Like, he's so laid back, surfer guy almost. He's like, <laughs> and yeah. he, then he leaves and they're like, oh, man, that guy's such an inbred or something. He's talking yeah, about. that was so weird. Like, because he... <laughs> Robert Schaefer looks normal, so, like, I don't yeah. know why that was where their go-to was, but, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I guess if a cop came up and, like, rattled my cage a bit, I'd probably talk crap about him once I knew they were out of earshot. Yeah, I'm like, he doesn't have an accent or anything. He's not, like, overly country right. accent or something. <laughs> so he also doesn't it? have, like, a weird, like, face where he has, like, some sort of deformity either. Yeah, he just looks like a regular guy, so, like... <laughs> Okay, because he's, he's tall and big, I guess? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I guess that could be what they're getting at. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, like, so yeah, this is funny. So then they leave the uh, <laughs> the coffee shop, and they're walking around the corner, and the guy's, like, still nervous. The Brian guy's still super nervous doing yep. his face, and he's like, don't worry, man. It's not like the cop's going to follow us, and the cop's right behind him. Right. <laughs> right which, when he says that the cop hits the corner. <laughs> which that's kind of cool, because that... Does play into the previous movie where mm -hmm. we have that cop car kind of like shadowing people, and I, I thought that was kind of a cool callback. Oh, you know what? I don't want to overlook this because actually, when he comes out of the before they leave, remember when he comes out, that's when we get that credit roll, and then we yes. see him, you know, get in the car, and then we get all these flashes of uh, body parts and blood. 
Yep, and like and pentagrams that. and 666 all over the car. I mean, the car is nasty. There's blood everywhere in this car and like body parts. I want to say this, bro, because I didn't say this at all. I think in the in the first review we did for the first movie. Yeah. I think that they did better with the music, too. This is kind of a rocking little music here playing. I liked it. Yeah. I thought here for the credits it was good. And I also like how the um, – when they actually give you – I mean, you said they're doing the credits and everything. When they give you, like, the movie's name, I kind of mm-hmm. thought it was funny that they're doing a little bit of a riff on Cops, the TV show. Yeah. I kind of I kind of noticed that, too. Using that yeah, font. I, I thought that. that was kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah, I think I think they really got a little more creative with this one. Like the other Agreed. one, I think they were trying so hard to try to fit everything that they had yeah. together. But this one, they had the right pieces, so they were more thinking about the style and the extra little things. This does seem more cohesive on what they were doing. Like, there's actually like a um, they had a better plan, I think. Yeah, so they didn't have to worry about so much fitting things as far as just having fun with it more. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So yeah, but this guy, <laughs> he gets so freaked out at the cops there, and the man, this guy is so annoying. This this Larry guy, he's still just talking about the pod and everything. I'm like, bro, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. you don't have to scream. Like right. I feel like he's screaming like so everybody walking by, and he's like, but what is he gonna do? Pull us over for walking? I'm like, no, he's gonna pull us over because you heard us talking about it already. And you're yeah. still screaming it at the top but of like your nose, Yeah, and he's like, oh, like, we're just walking here. Like, what, we're walking too fast? And he starts yelling at people as they're walking by. And it's like, guy, stop drawing attention to yourselves when you literally have an illegal substance right now, which, I mean, there's literally <laughs> a cop car following you now. I know. And the guy's literally, like, decides he's going to walk up to the car. Remember, he starts walking yeah. up to him. Hey, officer, are you Chase following us? Because my friend has... Uh, something in his bag, and the guy, that's when the guy freaks out and goes to the uh, postal thing and, and dumps it in there. And that's a pretty good-sized bag, honestly. God. He pulled out, like, a brown paper bag that, like, had, like, oh, like, you're right, had a lot in there. Yeah, for that time, that had to be a pretty penny paper. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'd be a little upset about that, like, bro, and I just had to get rid of it because I thought he was going to come right now. <laughs> Agreed. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Because he can't get in there, I don't think. So there you go, that's... No, he would have to literally, I mean, he could literally wait for, like, he could call in to have somebody from the post office, but I mean, you could also be long gone, because you don't know who these guys are, technically. Yeah, he could be like, no, I'll just put some mail in there, I don't know what's in there. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's funny you found that in there, that's, it's not mine. Yeah, but anyways, (laughs) he like, he like, as soon as the guy gets close to his car, he just speeds off like he's going to go chase somebody. Yeah, flips their lights on and everything. And he's like, see, I told you, man, no big deal, man. Like, he's he's totally surfer, dude. Maybe that's yeah. why he seems familiar. It's, it's no weird, big though, deal, man. Is he's, like, totally surfer guy who works in an office and comes off as an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, bro. Like, he should be more cool, <laughs> like, more chill. But he's more like, man, just just be quiet, man. For sure. <laughs> but it's weird, like, bro. So then he's like, where's the... Oh, man, you mailed it? Who'd you mail it to, man? I don't know. Yeah, like, that did I make me laugh. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Like, who did you mail it to? He's like, bro, I didn't put a stamp on it. I just put it in there. What are you talking about? What's also funny is that later on, I don't remember where it comes in, they get brought up that he put the weed in a mailbox, and he's like, yeah, mailed it to somebody's grandma. And it's like, all right, that's a pretty (laughs) good joke to, like, just be like, well, you know, he put it in this mailbox, mailing it to God knows who, sending off this weed to somebody. I'm like, well, not true, (laughs) but you know what? If you're going to be funny about it, I I can roll with that. 
Yeah, because honestly, the postman's going to get that. And okay. Depending on what kind of postman you get, he's either going to have a, a Merry Christmas or he's going to report you. So who knows? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, let's get to this office, man. So we, we're coming to the office to meet our cast here of characters. Yes, we do. And I will say, I don't like the music that they use here to intro us to no. the office because there's a few different times where they go whimsical with it. And I'm like, I don't know if we necessarily need to do yeah, that. But I mean... It gets a little cheesy there with that kind of stuff. I can digress. It doesn't ruin the movie. It just... It, it, I noticed it. But... Yeah, it kind of... It sticks out a little bit. When we get here, though, we have Dolores is the receptionist. And then we get to meet Michael, who we learned has bought the booze. And he has a file cabinet with the top <laughs> yeah, like and bottom shelf are completely cut, like full of it, which... Makes sense. That's perfect. And he then is prepared. He, he is very prepared. Then we also get yeah. to meet Gary is a guy who is getting married. So this is his bachelor party. Then we have the boss is Mr. Stone Cipher. Um, we also have Tony and um, Chloe are having an affair. And there's also Sharon who Larry has a crush on. Mm hmm. I think that's, that's all the people early. that we get to be here. <laughs> I'm glad that some of these people leave, but we keep most of them. But it's a lot of people here. There is a lot of people here. And I got, not confused, but like, because some of the blondes, I got confused with the blondes a little bit, and then I kind of got them apart later. I'm only assuming, well, actually, while we were talking, I pulled up list of deaths on like a wiki page. So, yeah, because I, I figured out that Tony and Chloe are the ones having the affair because how they die also matches up so i was like okay that that makes sense no, on okay. who's who but yeah okay. during the movie while i was yeah. watching it i got sharon and chloe mixed up like i yeah. i was losing track of names a little yep. bit for a couple of people yeah I, I could tell them apart <laughs> by their face but i'm with you i could not figure out who was who name wise yeah but yeah but now we start meeting these people i like but i like uh <laughs> it was michael that had the booze yes yeah i like how he's got it in the file cabinet of Me his too. office he's like Oh, I got, boom, he pulls out one, he's like, but what's the guy, he says something, like, what about He's like, this? do you have enough? And he goes, I don't know, man, oh. maybe I don't. And then he opens the bottom. <laughs> he opens the bottom, <laughs> and I'm like, my guy. This guy came prepared. I was like, yeah, he's ready to party. That guy's been waiting for this moment. For sure. <laughs> he's probably, he's probably had all that stuff ready already, like, yeah. just let me know. Bro. Yeah, he probably bought it, know. like, months in advance, just because he, <laughs> he's been waiting for this He's night. been so bored. <laughs> Yeah, because the way he has a display, bro, he's proud of that. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, that's, that's a really good job, bro. I would be proud of that too, bro. <laughs> well, it's also kind of funny because we actually meet their boss of Mr. Stone Cipher when they have that drawer open. And, like, those bottles are loud as they're shutting those drawers. Like, oh, you yeah. can hear all, like, the bottles, like, um, like tinking together and everything. Mm -hmm. Is that when he, like... Oh, yeah, thank you for that file, uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Mr. Stone Cipher. Good I morning, love how Mr. at one Stone point Cipher. he's like, stop kissing my ass. And I was like, attaboy. <laughs> I know. This guy is just a mean. What is the Stone Cypher name? Is there anything with that? I have no yeah. idea. I don't know where I know that Quentin came Tarantino from. I know Quentin uses it in Django, but I didn't know if that was from something. Oh. It makes me wonder if it has something to do somewhere, if Tarantino some used it. Yeah, some significance in something. But that's some. I've heard that name just in that, so I didn't know if it was from something else. So I was like. Because I was thinking that same thing. If Quentin Tarantino used it, it was from some movie, probably. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I was actually just going to try to do a quick, like, uh, 
like idea for it, but yeah, you're right. Is that Django Unchained? There is Mr. Stone Cipher, unless he's a big fan of this movie or at least friends with these guys at some point where he's like, you know what, I'm gonna give you guys a shout out. Yeah, there's no telling. <laughs> with him, there's no telling. There is no telling. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I like we meet everybody here, and then like everybody's ready for the party. Yep. And I think at some point here is where we get that story because he's telling telling people about that him getting rid of the weed because we were gonna have weed. Yeah. You know, whatever he got spooked and mailed it to the grandma or whatever. He said. <laughs> yeah. Because he's kind of recounting this to some people. Because remember, they're doing the. There's a point where, like, he's flirting with the girl. I forgot who, which one it was. Uh, it was Sharon. Sharon. And he sends her a picture of him. Of his face on the copy yeah. machine. <laughs> yeah, kind of inviting her to the party. Like, hey, don't forget about me. Yep. And then she sends a picture back of Mr. Stone Cypher. It's like, come get me, big boy. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that's a nice little break. Because Larry starts looking to make sure that he sent it to the right office. I was like, that's funny. I like that. And then, Yeah, that was really funny. But yeah, um, so then everybody's going home. And then I think no, Mr. Stone Cypher's like, hey, I don't pay overtime. Why are y'all still here? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, we're just finishing up the one thing. Because yeah, they wait for him to go before the party officially starts. I think that's when he drops the line to stop kissing ass or something. It right? is. He says it right when and he's leaving. He's like, I want no, so we just want to finish. We just want to finish something. He's like, uh, okay, stop. I don't pay overtime. And he's like, stop kissing ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then we're getting ready here. We're gonna get the party started now. Yep. And this is actually where um, we also learn that Tony and Chloe are gonna stay over because they're having their affair in the building because they're both married. And mm -hmm. Sharon works in accounting, and she's also working over to actually get stuff done. But it is, as they're watching Mr. Stonecipher leave, Brian gets nervous because he notices a cop car is parked outside their building where Larry doesn't think it's the same exact cop. And then mm -hmm. it's from here that Gus, the security guard, gets paid off by Larry. And they sneak in three strippers who are Stephanie, who is portrayed by Strain. We have Cindy by Melanie Good, and then Lisa, who is Maureen Flannerty. They get brought in, and then this is where the psycho cop actually sees the strippers being brought in and knows that they're breaking a law somewhere. Yeah, quote unquote. Because <laughs> he's going to come in and... Yeah, then he confront Gus first, right? Yeah, he actually again. gets in under the guise of like a crank call at this building where he's saying that somebody called the cops and that he's there to... And then he ends up getting inside the building because he's like, hey, I've got money riding on the game. Can I come watch the rest of the game? And that's where he reveals to Gus that like, oh, you know, you're breaking laws by letting them come in and it taking a bribe. I feel like he says something about teenagers having a party upstairs. He's like, no, man, this is all adults up here. Man. You're right. He does say that. He claims that everybody upstairs is like that people are underage up there, but it, it, they're, I mean, they're working in a damn office building. Yeah, they're over uh, at 21, maybe, but at least over 18. I feel like, but you look at everybody, everybody's over 21. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of the people are probably like 30s. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say maybe late 20s, but I'm with you, like yeah. mid 30s for most of these people. Yeah. But yeah, that, I remember he says that and he's like, oh no, they're all, and he's like, okay, well, what about the games that brings up the game? And he lets them come in there. One thing I will say, bro. Yeah. They take, this movie's not very long. No. But they take a long time to set stuff up in the movie. Well, it's kind of I mean, interesting that you bring that up because you're right. The first movie, we had our first kill within the first like 30 seconds of the movie where we haven't even yeah. got to our first kill yet, which is coming up yeah. like now. But 
I mean, you're but right. even this scene, like while he's setting it up, like you already know what he's gonna do. Yeah. Like just do it. Like they give him a few extra lines here, which they should just do it and then give him the line he gets at the end. I mean, probably that could have been to try to pad out the time so that way you could get to that almost hour and a half type thing. Because I know that was a big I'm, thing for low budget cinema. Because I feel like we're going to do it again here when we get to this elevator moment with this guy yeah. we're going to talk about. I feel like we kind of slow it down for a moment. And yep. then I'm like, where well, it should have just did it. <laughs> like, just do it. Right. <laughs> I found myself saying that in a couple moments. Like, come on, y'all going to do it? Just do it. And then they don't do it. They wait. <laughs> And then, like, a couple minutes later, then we do it a different yeah. way. I'm like, ah. Yep. But, okay, let's, let's get back over here. So, yep. I like so, this scene. Me let's too. talk about it. Yeah. So, we have Gus where he gets stabbed in the eye with a pencil, which I will say, if you're going to set this, if you're going to have a psycho cop, I want you to either you like, I would like you to utilize police weapons or police items but if you're also going to set it in an office building, I'm fine with you using office supplies to kill people as well. I, I like the puns they're using. He said, remember, keep an eye out. Yeah, me too. That was, which is like funny that because that sense. also that's, that's correlates to, to his job is that as a security guard, you're supposed to be watching yeah. for stuff. So like, I, I like it. I like what we're doing here. Yeah, that's that's what we need. We need those kind of puns. Like, we need to do that. For sure. So yeah, that the people who wrote this are already on the right track with that. Yep. When we start killing people, and we kind of, we're going to start going through some people here in a minute, but. They kind of get going here about this time. Agreed. Like, things start to really pick up here because then we get where I don't remember necessarily what gets him down there, but Michael is called down to the lobby and he is. He goes down there and I know he talks to the psycho cop and he's trying to say that, like, Gus is doing rounds or something along those lines. And he was Michael. He's going to check on Gus, right? Like, to make sure he was good. Like, yeah, something, something like that. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, that's where he him, yeah. offers booze to the psycho cop. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll run up and get some bourbon for you and I'll be back down. And this is where he actually gets stuck in the elevator and has issues trying to get back up there. Well, both times he gets stuck twice because the first time he gets stuck coming down, right? Is that when he climbs out or is it when he... That's when he climbs out because remember the yeah. dude's like... The dude's telling him, like, oh, yeah, man, the elevator's been giving us trouble since right. yesterday. I'm, you're yeah. right. Yeah, you're right. And then he puts, like, an out-of-order sign. Yeah, just use the other one. And then when he goes on that one, then that one messes up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? And then that's what the guy's like. Yeah, look, we can get into what happens after that. Well, that's I was going to say, I had a slight issue here because I feel like we have our psycho cop teleporting from the desk. To the floor yeah, that this guy climbs out on and then back down. Is he running? Is he running up the steps? <laughs> he could. This is where I have an issue where I think this movie also has the same problem that the first one does where we need to establish if he is supernatural or not. Like, doing oh, no, they, these... I feel like they do in this movie that he's somewhat supernatural. But I mean, I also feel like they do that in the first one too a little bit where it's like, I feel like we need to establish officially if he is or not. Just so that yeah. way, like, because if he is, I'm fine with him, like, teleporting. Because then it's like, okay, yeah. you know, like, the devil is giving him extra powers here then. Show it. Let's, let's see something like that. That'd be right. nice. Because, <laughs> again, I feel like that's a, something they added in the movie that's not really needed. I feel like without that spice, it really wouldn't change much about the movie. He could still be psycho and crazy without... Having to be like a Satan worshiper or whatever. Well, I actually put in my like review that it almost feels like they're using the whole Satan worshiping thing because that people correlate that to being like evil, 
And yeah. so I feel like that's the route they're going with it, where I almost feel like the third option you could do for kills would be make them ritualistic, and we don't really do that either. So it's like we really need to kind of lock down on utilizing what we're having here. Yeah. But they, I don't know why they did that. They, they, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you know what? I really wish he would have got crushed by this elevator. I wish we could have figured out how to do that. Yeah. Because the whole time I wanted him to get smashed, and I wanted that guy to push a button and turn the elevator back on while he's hanging there and just yeah. get his legs. I'm surprised we did. I was waiting for that. Yeah, I, me too. I think just money. We didn't have the money for it, maybe. Probably not. Because I wish, I, I was hoping for that. And they tease it so much. They tease that they're going to do that. Yeah. That something's going to happen where this guy's going to get half his body or his legs cut off or something. I'm like, oh, I wanted it so bad. <laughs> yeah, but instead, we actually just get that our character of Michael gets knocked down an elevator shaft, and that is how he is killed. Yeah, that's a that's not a that's a not a bad fall though. That's I will ah! say that's at least in line with the office building, since like I mean, it, it's not something that would normally happen. But mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with him getting pushed down the shaft. I just. How big is this building supposed to be? Because nobody can hear anything that's happening in other parts. Um, I don't... It's supposed to be a gigantic... Yeah. I feel like when we were in the elevator, the tallest floor was like nine. Okay. Or eight. I'm trying to remember. I know. I remember six, seven. Yeah. I I feel like... like I could be wrong, but I feel like the party is taking place on the sixth floor. I don't know why I think that, but I thought that there was something there yeah, where they like established six or seven floors. Yeah, yeah, yep. Where they're not too far from the roof. Because I remember maybe when he's talking to the cop, he tells me, "Yeah, they're up on the seventh or sixth." That's floor what it is. You're right. It yeah. Gus says that they're up on like the sixth or seventh floor. Is how we yeah. know like what floor they're on. So I mean, I could see if they're in like the lobby, not hearing things, but. There are that one time where the elevator goes up to Sharon's floor and she hears something and goes to look out and it's already closed by then. Yeah, I guess, okay. I, it's supposed to be a big building. <laughs> so I won't trip on that. <laughs> but anyways, like, okay, so let's go to the next. Where, who's going to be next up here? Um. Well, then from here. The faxes? Is it the fax stuff? Yes. I'll say because Brian starts panicking because no, they no, get no, I, a fax the of first, the. Do we go? I think oh, we go to this first thing? where he sees the facts of the police badge and that gets Brian to start panicking that he's like, the cops in the building where Larry's like, no, he's not like it, it, it's, that's not what's going on here. But then you're correct is that we then go up to the roof where the bachelor of Gary goes up there with the stripper Lisa, where yeah, the cop he hears confronts him say that. I think he hears him say it downstairs because he's like, because Gary's like, hey, let's go to the roof. And I feel like he's, like, around the corner or something when they say that. I think you're right. That makes sense. Because that's how he knows to follow him up there, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, this is a, this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. For just, cause I think this is a perfect use of the police dialogue and stuff. Agreed. <laughs> I, I did like this scene where they go back and forth up here. Because this is where what he... He ends up shooting Gary in the head. And then handcuffs him after he's dead and is this where he says that you have the right to remain silent and then he's like oh yeah. wait you're dead <laughs> oh yeah but you're dead uh you have a right to attorney but i guess that doesn't matter because you're dead yeah. <laughs> he's like laughing and he's like all this stuff but you probably would know that if you weren't already dead yeah, <laughs> and yep. the chick's just like ah like she's just freaking out over there 
And he doesn't even kill her. He just literally picks her up and throws her over the edge, right? He does. And Brian sees her, goes by the window, but isn't fully sure. And I did find this interesting that she lands in a dumpster and the lid closes on her, which is actually kind of cool just for the fact that it hides her. And that way Larry's like, well, I don't see anything. Yeah, when he looks down, it just looks regular. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't see any bodies down there. Right. So he's like, nobody fell. You're just freaking out, man. Just chill out, man. Too bad you didn't bring the weed, man. You could have smoked it. That's <laughs> kind of the vibe he's, like, giving That up. is, yeah, that's actually kind of the vibe that, or the, like, how he's talking to this guy that, like, you need to calm down. He's like, you've been freaking out all morning, bro. Like, just chill out, bro. Like, nobody, we're adults. Nobody's going to mess with us. Right. Like, he's really trying to get this guy to relax with all this stuff he's seeing happening. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay, um, but then after this, where we are we back to the stripper? Guy? Um, I feel like what I have next up is that they start to send um, copies of Gary's face with his license over the bullet hole, and Larry just kind of laughs it off that they're just kind of like messing around and everything. That everybody's fine. That he just thinks that stripper and him went off together. And this is also around the same time that in that copy room that the cop finds, um, what's her name? What's her name? Chloe's underwear that she left them in that oh, room. Yeah, yeah. But they had went to a different room because Sharon had walked in on them having an affair oh, yeah, in that earlier. room earlier. Yeah, so oh, that's sorry, why they I'm went sorry. elsewhere. Yeah, they went to a different place. Yeah, I remember. Because he was like, hey, let's just go down a little bit or up a little bit or something. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just in somebody else's office. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so when they come in, they say, like, who was using our copy machine? <laughs> and then... I, I think that's a funny thing that that was a thing back then. I'm, yeah. Because when copy machines were big, people, like, Xeroxing their butt and stuff for some yeah. reason. Big, I don't know why, but stuff like that was just such a big thing. I don't know why. Because humans weird. are childish. I mean, it's funny, though. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> New technology, like an instant picture. So, yeah, let me just yeah. stick my face on here. Or yeah. stick my butt on here. <laughs> like, what the? <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, we're doing that kind of stuff. But, yeah, have the, is this when they all go in there and then, like, the bodies fall? From the um, I actually think this is where they go into the copy room and find it trashed. But I think they end up leaving. Oh, with all the, with all the copies on the ground. Yeah, yeah, there's all the copies on the ground. And then in a different room is where the couple ends up getting killed in a Bay of Blood or like Friday the 13th Part 2, except they're standing up as they get a spear through the chest and they are killed together. This is kind of a funny scene because like they're having this conversation after they just finished having sex and she's like, hey, can you help find my underwear? And he's like, Oh yeah, I gotta do everything. Can you give me <laughs> can you give me multiple orgasms? Can you find my underwear? Yes. All in a day's work for this guy. And he's like, Oh, you weren't complaining. And he's like, Oh, I didn't say I didn't like my job. And then as soon as he opens the door, <laughs> yep. this dude comes running like he's about to throw a javelin or something and just straight through him and her. Yep. One hundred percent. He's like, What what does he say here? He's like I like to see you guys stick together or something. I think, yeah, I think you're effect. right. I think that was what the one-liner <laughs> oh, was there. He said, don't make me have to separate you two. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, the one-liners hit better in this one. It did for more. sure, dude. <laughs> that is so much better than what they had originally. Because <laughs> I think at the end when he's leaving, he's like, I'm glad you guys decided to stick together. At yep. the end. <laughs> 
Oh my god! I like they use the cop stuff because that's like what a cop would say in a domestic violence situation. That's true. Yeah, like you separate you two. Or and like if anybody's just, getting in a fight in front of them, that's literally what yeah. they're gonna say as they're separating. Yeah. Them. So they used it to better effect in this. So the writers had a better idea of what they should do. Yeah. It feels agreed. like in this one. But yeah, I like that moment. That was a funny moment. And yeah, that's a pretty gruesome because they're just stuck to. We'll see. Come back later in a little bit. Yeah. But we'll see these these people just really get like decorated with blood later. Yeah, and that wall has a lot going on. Like, like there's a good blood spray all over that too. Yeah, but yeah, we're gonna come back to that here in a minute because we'll, everybody's gonna see what happens. Yeah, because I think we end up shifting back to the copy room, and that's where they notice that blood starts to fall onto some copies on the floor, and there's a pentagram on the ceiling, and that is when they're friend uh breaks through like the ceiling tiles that's gary right gary yes. from the roof right yep. yeah yeah he, he falls through <laughs> and they're like ah everybody freaks out and this is actually a scene that i like here because i think the cop comes in and this is where i like that they don't realize that he's the killer and they think that he's normal and this is where he actually is like oh these people were killed by um joe vickers he's a psycho cop and everything like that and they keep kind of talking here and this is where brian realizes that the badge they saw earlier in the copy that was faxed up to them is the same and then this is where uh i believe the two strippers are like wait you're talking in circles now like you said that this guy was the killer but you said that that's you and this is where he it almost seems like a guy who is a psycho but doesn't realize what he's saying. And then when you, like, try to correct him, he gets very agitated about it. Yeah, because really, I, I think what happens is, like, when they're running from the room with the cop where the guy fell through the ceiling. Yeah. They run to another room, and that's the you're room right. where they're tied up. I mean, uh, Stuck to the, up wall. On the wall. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And, you're then, right. and then that's when the cop walks up behind him. Hey, and like, oh, my God, we're glad to see you. Uh, whatever. And then, like, if then he comes in, like, hey, okay, everybody calm down. Uh, and then he starts telling that story you're talking about. And then, like, the lady's like, that's when he gets mad because he starts getting confused in the middle and saying, like, yep. different stuff. Yep. She said, wait a minute, sir, but you said, you know, whatever before. It's like, shut up. Don't tell me what I said. He's <laughs> like, yeah. getting mad and now confused. Yep, and you can right. see him, like, and then at the end, he's like, Officer Vickers, at your service. <laughs> or something. Yeah, it's but almost yeah, like he, him going full psycho there where he, like, Foley is like, oh yeah, this is who I am. Yeah, and he, but he kind of gives us that little quick what happened in the first one, which I feel like this movie could have just been the first one, and you could just allude to there was things that happened before, and it wouldn't matter. It's funny you actually say that. That actually might work better if this was the first one, and then he flees out of the town, and that's why he attacks people that are in the country. Like, yeah, that would be like right outside of that town or something. He's right, like right, where he's like, I got to get out of town because the cops are looking for me. That would make more sense. So, yeah, watch him in reverse, guys. If you're watching this, watch it in reverse and just pretend that he didn't say that. <laughs> well, it also worked better because we have that voice over, uh, like, backstory. So, like, mm -hmm. that would actually work better there than it does here. Yeah, it would. But, yeah, this this movie sets it up fine. Like, I feel like just throwing that in was cool. Yeah. And then we get that moment with him, too, where yep. he can kind of, like, tell us that and then give us kind of his backstory so they know. Because right. <laughs> they don't seem to know that he's on the loose. Nobody well, knows. I think it just he just broke out or whatever, I guess. 
that's one thing I think is a misstep. But I guess you could have had like the news on somewhere, or like even like a radio, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we still haven't been able to find Officer Joe Vickers. He, this psycho cop, is still at large. It would have been nice to have that when they were at the coffee shop, like have it on the radio or something. Agreed. Because you wouldn't see his face, but you would, but the cop, it would be that cop right there, you know. And you could also even have like once I get said, like having the cop be like, "Hey, can you change that?" Yeah, something like that. Yeah, this is something subtle, and that would be enough, really. Agreed. But yeah, but now they don't go into too much detail here. But instead, like, then he that then he starts chasing them. <laughs> well, yeah, because what ends up happening oh, no. he, here Doesn't is he that, that guy? yes, because Larry gets shot in the mouth with the handgun, mm-hmm. and then yeah. he actually shoots Brian in the back as he's like. I don't know why this guy literally just stood there for like 55 minutes yeah, as he watches his friend doing get shot. That face. He's right. making that weird face. He watch is him. making that weird face. And then he gets shot as he's running away. And then I also have here that Cindy the stripper gets shot as well when he finally catches up to this group. Yeah, that's a little bit later because I think they're – it's like the, all the girls are running away together. You're right. You're right. That is what – And they, they get to yep. like a staircase or something. Yep. And when uh, they're going up the staircase, he comes well, out. Well, they the open up the elevator and realize that there's no car there. So that's where they're like, oh, that's what they have is. to take okay. the stairs. But you're right. That's where Sharon shows up and tells Stephanie and Cindy that, like, they're going to stick together from that point on. Yeah, because I know when they're going through the steps, like, he, it's like some door. She's like, no, don't go that way because there's nothing, something. And then, like, right. as they're getting ready to go up the steps to the next floor, like, he opens the door and grabs I think he grabs Julie, right? Julie Strain or Stephanie? I think you're right because he ends up snapping her neck. Yeah, this is a nice little interaction too where he's like, because first he's like, has her and the other girls next to him kind of a few feet away and then the other girl's got a gun on him. Yep. And he's like, listen, listen, just so you know how serious I am. And he just blows that other chick away. (laughs) He does. You're right. So you know that I'm serious now. I'm done killing for today. I'm done shooting people for today is what he says. So if you put your gun down, I promise I won't shoot her. <laughs> and then after she does it, he's like, now I promised I wouldn't shoot her. He just breaks her neck. Yeah. He didn't lie. <laughs> he's like, you didn't listen to the detail. I said I wouldn't <laughs> shoot her. <laughs> that was a nice moment. He just cracks her neck old school style and yeah. facing her. <laughs> so now we're, we're what well, we seems like an only girl situation now, kind of, right? Yeah, and I know this is the point as well where they um, Sharon ends up burning his face and knocks him down the elevator shaft. So like she thinks. Oh, oh wait a minute. Oh, okay. I, yeah, keep going. I know. Yep. I forgot about the shining. Yep, because that's what happens there, and then I, I don't know where. They get, like, obviously it's a fire, like, escape type axe. We end up getting that weapon gets picked up, and Brian is still alive. He actually shows up around this point where he's been shot in the shoulder, but him and Sharon are trying to find a way out of this building. But this is where they have to go up a floor for some reason, but when the elevator shaft opens, our cop is still alive where somehow one of his sunglasses is on one eye where the other (laughs) eye is burned. And, yeah, you're right. This oh, is actually yeah, where we get burns. a... Sh- that's, when, that's how he falls through, because she burns him, right? Yep. She gets, like, a cigarette is... lighter and a spray can. Burn. Yes, you're right. Yep. That's, that's what it is. And then he yep. falls down, like, ah! 
<laughs> and this is also where we get that shining reference because now he has the axe, and I know he he also get she also hit him in the gut with the axe. Actually, now that I realize, think about it, he yeah, pulls she the caught him right in the yeah. stomach. He pulls it out. Yeah, that's where another thing where I can see where you mean where he does seem supernatural again. Yeah, and he's just walking. This is actually a cool moment because he looks kind of like Terminator. Or he does. He one hundred. Yeah. He what's the other Terminator? Because he looks like Robert. What's that guy's name that plays the Terminator? Uh, Robert Patrick. Yeah, he looks like him kind of because he's walking with the mirrored shades through that hallway. Oh, good call. <laughs> that was a nice little shot. His messed up side of his face does look like Arnold in the first one as well, but yeah, it is more like, like a Terminator. It is more like Robert Patrick though when he has the sunglasses still on. Yeah, yeah, like the suit part, but then it's like a regular Terminator with the face. Yeah, it was kind of right, kind of right. a cool mix up. But yeah, like I like I like how they reference Shining when she comes around the corner and like ah and gets him. Yeah, <laughs> and then also how he's like you know knocking through doors and stuff like doing his thing. Like, and he also they, kind they of walks with the axe too, like when he finally gets it in, because I know he ends up hitting Brian with it, and I'm like, man, this guy is just taking punishment right and left. Yeah, because at the end, like she thinks he's dead because he fell down the elevator, but he's like standing on top of the elevator. Oh yeah, and they're standing right. next to it, and when it opens, yeah. he just like gets that guy right in the back. And he's like, ah, he's like <laughs> such a pathetic guy. He so and he's bad. just out of there. <laughs> so now it's just him and this girl. Really, now it's just him yes. and her. And so I might be wrong, but I have that the next thing is that she starts heading towards the exit. And it seems like he keeps catching up with her where they keep like fighting each other off. But they end up getting out of the building and they end up being in the middle of the road. Where this part is kind of drawn out, I feel like it is a little bit where he's like starting to attack her, and there's a nearby bar where the bartender actually looks out, who is Vinny the bartender, and he sees what's happening, and he actually rallies everybody in this bar to come outside and try to. They at first tried talking to him, but when he keeps attacking her, they start to beat the shit out of him in the middle of the street. Now we don't believe they're watching. Oh, yeah, good call. You're right. It does come up on the news. They happen to look out, and he's literally right there. Like, did they know that before? Because they were ready, like, really ready to start. They had sticks and stuff. Like, they were planning on going to look for this guy already. Kind of what we were talking about in the uh, our pregame is that this kind of, uh, we wonder if Halloween Kills borrowed from this. Yeah, it felt a lot like Evil Dies Tonight. Like, I thought Evil was going to die tonight yeah. in this movie, the way they were going at it. And actually, another part of this... Strong. That we haven't brought up yet as well is that a man with a who's up on a balcony notices what's happening, and that's actually the director of Adam Rifkin. He goes oh, inside really? and grabs a video camera and starts to video this, and this is actually eerily similar to how they um, set up the choreography, similar to Rodney King as he gets beat down, but we just have a little bit of this switched here where the cop is the one that's getting beaten up. And that couldn't have been by accident. They, they wanted to try to get some kind of reaction from there. When we talked about this in the pregame, I actually looked it up. The Rodney King stuff would have happened roughly about a year before. So, yeah, that 100% was on, intentional. Yeah, because the, even the way they set it up, it looks just like that. Like, yep. they set it up just like Where, that. like, you have the cop down on, like, one knee and, like, his hands down and everything. I was like, that's yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. a mirror. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's effective. Like I didn't, I didn't expect it to end like that. I didn't expect him to, like vigilante justice. I didn't yeah. expect. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, like they say in the Stephen King, silver bullet. 
private justice. Yeah, private justice, yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect private justice to prevail at the end here. <laughs> That's true. But it does, and then they then we go to the hospital. So yes. now we find that that one dude didn't die. I thought that he dude was is dead. still alive, and I'm still shocked. And he is, oh my god, this is another scene that was one of my pet peeves. How he is being fed is so obnoxious. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know what they're feeding him. Yeah, like what is wrong with him? Like, what does he have? I don't know. Like, it almost makes me wonder if there is something mentally off there. Like, the girl's face looks kind of messed up. Yeah. Like the lady, but I mean, why come she's not bandaged up all the way? Like, I don't why know. is her face open? I feel like they'd have her wrapped up more. You would think, yeah. But no, <laughs> but I do like this little stinger we get here at the end. Yeah. Of a uh, of a sequel that never happens. Well, it's kind of. It's actually kind of funny as well, though, is somehow he's on the sixth floor here where his room is 666 that they are keeping this psycho cop in. And we have where a nurse goes in and we hear her scream. So then cops and doctors go in. And, I mean, we're assuming that he kills all of them, but he definitely comes out of the room dressed up as a doctor as, you know, he's going to go ahead and keep, uh, keep on killing. And then he shows us that he is immortal because his he takes the mask off and his face is healed. It's completely back to normal. You're right. But he says it earlier. He says that he had a got impaled and then he lived. So okay, he's, I was he's like I'm gonna show you my scars or something. <laughs> he went joking for a minute. He went to see my scars. <laughs> like he kind of. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like so he's immortal. They show us this. He he can, has a healing factor of some kind. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. At the end, I, he I forgot really about quickly. that. It was pretty quickly because the burns are gone, the knife thing, everything's gone, and he comes out. So now we know. And they're joking. He makes an awful joke. I forgot what he said. But that guy makes an awful joke, and then we see that. Yeah. And then we see him come out. I'm like, you should have just killed him at the end. Why not just end it with him walking into that room and killing him? Agreed. <laughs> Why not? I would have I enjoyed that because that guy was so annoying. He was. I 100% I with him you. I wanted him to be dead. So, yeah. Just <laughs> let her be the final girl and him dead. We didn't need that last tag team, really. That's true. But, yeah, that's Psycho Cop Returns Part 2. I do like, um, <laughs> just so we know that it wasn't just a 666, the room next to him was 665. Yeah, like, I did <laughs> like that you touch. You think they did it yeah. on purpose? Right. <laughs> like, oh, we know you did it on purpose, but... There, there, that room, all other rooms were taken. We only had 666. And I, I also think that the room to the right of it, I think, was also 667. So they're definitely, like, yeah, they making you make know. It, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was just the only room we had, guys. Okay, uh, We yeah. know he's a, a 666 killer, and he puts that on in blood everywhere. Everything, day, yeah. It wasn't because he requested it or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you guys, he's, like, dying. Do you guys have a room 666? I need it, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. but yeah, man, that's the movie, bro. So you yeah. want to get to the reviews of this? Um, Yeah, there's actually some trivia I was going to share that I thought was kind of interesting because it actually explained some of the things that we were talking about is that okay. the filmmakers were given access to one entire office building floor, and this was shot after hours at night in the office. So that makes sense. What we were talking about is it's literally probably a – they had one floor, so they had to make it seem like it was multiple floors with what they were doing yeah. there. And this was also shot over the course of a single week. And oh, okay. then um, there's one other thing that I wanted to say is the writer of Dan Povenmere 
was offered the chance to direct this film, but had to decline due to his commitment with The Simpsons at the time. So the writer here worked on The Simpsons. Wow. So he had some chops a little bit there. And you're also correct that there was a rubber axe was the prop axe that they used. <laughs> yeah, you can see it wiggling. It was wiggling way more than action. Wiggling. It should be pretty stationary if it's stuck in you. <laughs> yeah, it should be stiff. And oh, it yeah, was wiggling right. all over the place. Right. <laughs> but hey, you know, they tried to make it fun. So hey, I'm they okay did. with that. Yeah. I'm okay with silly effects sometimes if it's fun. If it's fun and you're trying to make it fun I'm cool with that. if you have a lower budget I'm a little bit more forgiving because it's you're not like I'm more harsh on like a studio film if it if I notice that yeah in this movie like yeah something like this like a, a lower level B movie lower level level B yeah nothing to worry about Just agreed <laughs> agreed do the best you can with what you got bro I'm, as long as you're doing good with the whole overall thing I'll be with you yeah <laughs> okay so let's uh let's review this bro okay so you um, went first last time. I, know you kept I believe I'm up next to start, so I will start us off then with acting, which I actually, I, I was looking at my old ratings for the previous one, and I gave that one a 2. I actually gave this one a 2.5 because I thought most of the people here were pretty solid, and I think what's more effective is kind of what we were talking about is with the Psycho Cop, his, his dialogue works better here. I almost was going to go with three, but that Brian nerdy character, his facial expressions got <laughs> under my skin so much that I'm going to come in with a 2.5. Yeah, that guy got me too, bro. We're going to actually be on the same note here because I'm going to be at a 2.5 for mine as well. But yeah, that guy was awful, bro. Like, he was way too overacting. Yeah. The, he was, I don't know why nobody reeled him in and said, hey, man, just chill out just a little bit more. Pull it, pull back just a minute. Yeah, like calm You're the face down much. just slightly. Yeah, don't make that. Don't do that face. Stop it. I don't. There's some movie I've seen where somebody's telling somebody they're like, "Don't make that face," and the, and the person starts making it more. I can't remember what movie that was. But I've seen that. Like, no, don't make that face, and they keep making it. it was, I don't know. I gotta find that movie now. But anyways, yeah, I'm being a two point five, bro. Like, I feel like our cop guy came stronger in this one. Yes. But it's because they run kind of wrote him better in this one. Agreed. So he came a little stronger, but. Yeah, everybody else was pretty average. I mean, everybody, the surfer guy was probably the most natural guy, but it's because he felt like a surfer guy in any movie you've ever Probably, yeah. Seen. Like, so it felt agreed. like, he felt like one of those characters. So it, I felt like that he was the only person that really was just super It's more of like that stock character from that era, but he, I agree, he was probably the best performer. Actually, him and the Barbara Niven who did Sharon, those were probably the two bright oh, spots yeah. outside of the cop. Yeah, she was... Man, there was a moment where she looked like Scarlett Johansson to me. Did you okay. ever get that vibe? Like when she was in the office? Early? It didn't hit me while watching this, but I could see where you're coming from. Especially yeah, when like Scarlett's the, been a blonde. It's like a side view shot when they first introduce her, and she's like, and she's the the whatever of the softball team, so you better be careful. Oh, yeah. And she's sitting there like answering the phone or something, and from the side, she's looking at the guy's facts. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, she kind of looks like... Scarjo a little bit here, but uh, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a 2.5. That's that's the best I could do. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think I was low on the first one, so that bring it up a little bit. Oh, great. Um, and then for cinematography and the effects, I actually came in probably the same as I did for the first one. Is I came in with a three, and I think for this one, the cinematography is solid. I love the setting here of having this office building as where our killer is being contained and everything. 
And I'm glad that like literally every death for the most part is on screen. The only things that aren't are the last like four or five deaths. And that's only because they all go into a hospital room and they all die in there. And I mean, they aren't the most creative with spreading the kills out. And I do agree with you is that it does seem like they got a discount on squibs. So they definitely use as many <laughs> as they could there. But I mean, like the spirit of the chest doesn't necessarily fit the theme they're going for, but it was a pretty cool death. So I gave it a three. Hey, we're in an office building and it's a fire safety thing. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's, a, that's a solid rating. Bro. I'm actually going to be just slightly above it. I'm going to be at a 3.5. Okay. Just because I thought this movie was shot like, I think it was shot better, in yeah. my opinion, the way they do a lot of the the cinematography here. Right. Like, I, like that one shot I was talking about with uh, with him walking up with yeah. the glasses or some of the, some of the shots that I think they did a really good, like him looking out the window, I thought, like some of those shots, it looks a lot better than the first movie. And that may be yeah. something I'm thinking about the first movie a lot while I'm thinking about this. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like they they really did really good with what they had with this one better. Yeah. We're talking about they had one floor to shoot with and some external shots. They did pretty good with it. Which is impressive, yeah, to go ahead and like yeah. make it feel bigger. And even the kills, even though they kind of reused some of them, I think the way they did them were, was a lot better. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it, I'm going to be at a 3.5. I gave them that little extra bump. Okay. Just for a little bit of extra extra fun with the cinematography yeah nice um and then for me for music i'm actually higher on this music than the previous one i'm coming in at 2.5 i was gonna come in with a three my only issue is the whimsical music that they use in the office building a few different times like i don't know why they did it but i was gonna give them the three at first because of what we had talked about for the opening credits is really good with that like rock song where you almost have like the yelling as you're seeing Mm -hmm. all of these like montage images of people that this cop has killed in his car yeah i thought we were going with that kind of vibe for the whole movie honestly if it would have been that i might have even gone to 3.5 if that's the vibe we got the whole way through yeah but they kind of i think there's only and i'm gonna i'm gonna mind i'm gonna give it i'm gonna actually be uh right around where you are but i'm gonna actually give them a three okay uh, it was for me, it was, and my, I think I think my rating is I'm looking too much at the other movie. Yeah. In comparison, so I'm giving them extra credit. They probably a straight up review. If I just watched this, I might not have given them all this extra credit. But like I just That's felt fair. like yeah, that first choice was good. There was another song they would come back to that I thought was was a decent song. Yeah. But yeah, like the whimsical stuff and some of the other choices weren't as great. But yeah, I'm gonna be at just a three because I think they did a solid job. In comparison to last time, yeah, but not it wasn't a great soundtrack, by right? Any means. That's fair. So, I'm gonna be about a, a solid three, okay. Um, and then for story and plot, we've kind of already talked about this, but I gave this one a three is like this is a slasher film, so we don't need the deepest story that we're gonna do here. I love taking this cop and having him in an office building in like a downtown setting because that makes sense, like, he literally looks like a, like a city cop and having him pick these people off in this building for committing crimes which aren't really crimes but to him he feels like he has this like justice type thing so i came up with a three here for what they're kind of doing okay that's not a bad i'm i'm pretty close to that on mine as well uh i'm gonna be a just a slightly bit higher i'm gonna be at a 3.5 okay for mine uh i thought um yeah this is the perfect setup for this kind of character yeah and i feel like they got it. They got it pretty perfect to this style of movie, this style of character. Everything was kind of lined up 
And I think that's why it works yeah. the way it does. Just because they lined up the perfect environment for the characters. Right. Last time the environment was in conflict, the characters were more in conflict. Yep. This time everybody's supposed to be where they're supposed to be. And it makes total more sense. Even the kills, they they uh put in more puns that that match what he's doing as a cop. Yeah. So like I think they did a lot better job with making this story. Uh now is it original, over the top, crazy, great? No, but it's more in line with what you should have, what you yeah. should be getting right. from this kind of movie. So I think from and it's again because the other movie was so out there. I won't be at a three point five on this one because the story was a lot more helpful and more uh, focused on what we need to focus on. I I'm, I completely makes sense to me, man. And then for me, for experience, I had more fun with this one than I did previously. So this is a higher rating than I had previously for that one. Is that I came in with a three here just because I think it is a lot more fun. Like we have this cop, his his lines make more sense, and the movie just in general. Yeah, it's a little bit slow to get to the kills, but once we do, this movie is a flurry. Like, we literally just start doing that, and then it just goes until we end. So, I enjoyed my time here. Yeah, okay, that's I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm going to be higher than that, bro. I'm actually going to be at a four for my experience. Okay, perfect. I had, a, I had a really good time with this one, and I don't know, I watched it a couple times. Like, I watched it one time, kind of not paying attention, just kind of yeah. glancing and watching it, yeah. and then really watched it, but... Like there was moments I was like, oh my god, I wonder what happened. I got, I can't wait to see what happened. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like weird stuff happening. Right. So yeah, I just I had a fun time with him actually, you know, using puns and that. Because I remember I think that's what I asked for last time. I wish they would have right wrote the wrote the cops uh, lines a little better and made them yeah. hit like at the right times. But and even I feel like he was having more fun here. Even I agree. He there. seemed to be a little bit more into the character in this movie because he was kind of. There's moments where he's kind of skipping down the hall or something. He's it kind of seems kind of like really that. over, 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 and he's really in it. Yeah. It felt like it felt like he was like, oh man, he saw like uh, Batman, and he's like, I gotta be like the Joker. I gotta really like sell this, like really, because <laughs> I feel like he was really in on it, like in a different level than the first one. So yeah. But no, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought the deaths were cool. I liked the, the little homages they paid to other movies. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna be at a solid four, man. I had a lot of fun with this. I would definitely come back to this movie again before I come back to the first one. One hundred percent. I would. Yeah. Like I would. Dread... I can even recommend this to some people. We'll yeah. get to that here in just a second, also. Well, I was gonna say like this is one that I wouldn't dread coming back to. Like and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, kind of going with what you're just saying there. I would recommend this if you like lower budget slasher films because this one is fine in that respect. So I mean, like, mm-hmm. I guess I'll just I'll shift over to my rating, like. I would give this one like a three out of five or like a 60% on my rating here because like it's much better. Like I actually like this one where I think the other one, there's potential there. It just isn't realized. Yeah. And I'm, I'm right there close to you, bro. Like on mine, I'm going to be at about a 65, 66 on this out of a hundred. That's my percentage because I feel like this is one of those movies where like, you don't really have to know anything. It's not like you have to know the backstory, really. It's just you see this cop and you're following what he does. And it, like you said, after that first little, you know, getting to know everybody or few who everybody is, then it kind of kicks into gear. And then it's a short run time, and we just jump into gear. And for the rest of the movie, we just kind of getting it knocked out. So, for sure. Like I, I mean, I feel like it's a fun movie that I could definitely recommend this to people that are horror fans. 
especially around this time, like this kind of slasher, like man, like it's not exactly like a maniac cop, but it's this part is more in the same kind of vein of something like that. Maybe. Yeah, this one feels like it could be a maniac cop, like. I wouldn't say a sequel, but it could definitely be like a Maniac Cop like a, it's, spinoff. It's a derivative of it. It's like yeah, a derivative of right, it. Right, right. Where this one would be more a worthy derivative of it, where you're like, yeah. oh, you know, they don't have the budget, they don't necessarily have as strong of writing, but this one is watchable. Yeah, and it and it, there's got everything for you. We got some boobs, we got some, a lot of bullets and bloods and creative kills and puns, all the stuff you need from a late 80s, early 90s slasher type movie so i would put this above you, a lot of those slashers that came out in this era this one actually works better than a lot of those yeah i mean it's it's worth the watch if you're into these kind of you know kind of b movies that aren't don't have great acting but try to you know overcome that with fun and the you know the kills and the, all that kind of stuff yeah. i think it's worth it for that i mean if you're looking for like the best movie you've ever seen this isn't for you yeah do not or, come into this expecting that like or like i found out like I, like I told you guys earlier about the lady at my job if you're somebody that just thinks old movies are not good because they don't look like new movies because <laughs> this lady this lady literally told me she was like i mean it's got to look like prometheus or i'm not gonna watch it i'm like are you serious right now? Like you gotta be like, like all right. <laughs> okay, that's that's a weird bar to set, like for movies. Cause I don't know, that's a really weird bar to set. <laughs> I thought. So yeah, this movie's worth it for your people that are more into those kind of movies. Agreed. But yeah, if you're not, then it's probably nothing you would even be interested in. But I think it's fun, and I recommend it for those people that want to have some fun. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. All right, man. Well, that's all I got on this one, man. Do you want to uh, close it out, or you have anything else you want to promote, or anything like that? Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else I need for this movie, but yeah. So just kind of close everything out. That on my end is uh, once you hear this one, I am actually celebrating Italian Horror Month on Journey with a Cinephile right now. So all of the featured reviews I'm doing is the first week I did a Dario Argento double feature of. Two movies that I hadn't seen, and then I also did a Lucio Fulci double feature of two movies I hadn't seen. Um, I believe around the same time this is coming out, I'll be doing a Mario Bava, and then the last one I'm going to be doing a the most popular movie from Italy that I haven't seen, and then the highest rated one that I haven't seen as all the featured ones there. And actually, Jake, I haven't told you this yet, but I'm going to be doing a little mini review about your short. So I'll also have the link in the show notes. So if anybody wants to check that out, you will be able to go ahead and click into there to watch that. So other than that though, yeah, I was was actually, I was going to message you and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be talking to him later. So I'll just go ahead and just let him know while we're on the show. (laughs) Awesome, bro. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. I really appreciate that. And a spoiler, I actually really enjoyed what you did there. Like the writing there wasn't expecting something that happened. I was like, okay. All right, I like that. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I had a, I can tell you the story behind it, bro. We had one, I tried it in one day, like a few hours. And oh, everything, one lady had to leave early, so it messed up. There was a whole other sequence I cut because she had to leave early and I couldn't shoot the flashback footage I needed for that sequence. Oh, okay. So there was actually another story that was going to, well, anybody that watches it, you'll find that. But there was actually another sequence cut. That with, makes with sense the other now. Girl telling the story, yeah. Now that I'm like thinking back on it, it actually still works with what you did, though, in my opinion. But, but yeah, I appreciate that, man. I really do. But yeah, anybody wants to check it out, man. YouTube Dark Mariachi Studios, and 
I got a couple shorts out there. That's the newest one from Halloween. And um, it's, it's called Without a Scratch. So okay. just check it out. All right, man. Well, I actually have um, a couple of things I might be dropping. I don't know. I haven't decided which one. Okay. But I'm going to be shooting them um, probably beginning of December. So I have whichever one I decide is which one I'll shoot. So I should have one more short before Christmas. Perfect. I'm, I'm kind of leaning on doing like a Christmas horror. Okay. I like horror a lot, so I'm I'm thinking about something Christmas horror related, but I'm I'm still calculating that. So everybody, stay tuned for that. I know uh, at this time we're recording this is almost thanks Happy Thanksgiving, so I yeah. want to say that to everybody. Agreed. But yeah. before then, uh, for Christmas, just be on the lookout for maybe some Christmas horror from Dark Mariachi Studios. Perfect. But okay, that's all I have coming, man. So we can go ahead and close it out. All right. Well, then this is your tour guide here of David Garrett Jr. And I am signing off. It's your main man, Jake, from Dark Mariachi Studios. And don't forget, be one of us. Come on a journey with a cinephile. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. SideQuest. I think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum. But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating. SideQuest. Drink some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. I'm a single fox using one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! SideQuest. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Okay. Show me. SideQuest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. SideQuest.